Welcome to this podcast from Rolling Roads Baptist Church of Greensboro, North Carolina. You're invited to join with us as we are growing towards Christ. The following is a message from a recent Sunday morning worship service. Our Bible study podcast for this week is session two of Jesus. It's called Jesus Restored My Life, and this is about the uh, second lesson in the unit where we ask what happens when people encounter Jesus at their moment of need and the response this week is Jesus restored my life the picture at the cover of the lesson is emergency room sign and they ask the question at the beginning when have you been in a situation where you felt helpless and the main point is that Jesus restored what was broken in my life so we'll be in John chapter 5 today. He begins telling the story about his little daughter that was born at a very low birth weight and how they had to depend on God through her illness. And our first um, verses are John chapter 5, verses 2 through 7, and I'll be reading the New American Standard Bible today. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And now there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep's gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porticos. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, Do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. All right, so the writer begins talking about how we don't know much about the pool called Bethesda. And then he repeats a lot of stuff that is already in the Bible that we just read. Um, and... What is known about the pool is what is in the verses about how the legend about how the angel would stir up the water. And you may remember when I preached this sermon, I talked about how it, it turned out it really wasn't much an angel. It was a release of uh, the water stirred because the sewer, the system there released uh, water pressure. And it was a big, long thing. But anyway, the legend was something that many people believed in and the people gathered themselves together there and then this one man had been there for all of these years. So Jesus knew that the ailment that the man had was a very long time and he knew how long he had suffered and so this encounter with this man was no accident. In compassion, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? One would think the easy answer would be yes. However, like we often do, 
The man doesn't just say yes, does he? He gives an excuse, but he's assuming the the assumption is that he does want to get well. And then he explains why he hasn't gotten well. And he's explaining that he has tried to get well. Don't not sure the writer of the lesson realized that, but because he says this weird thing, he blamed other people for his hopelessness. So I don't, I don't know. But anyway, Jesus restored what was broken in my life is again our main point, and so we don't lose heart. And he's the writer is saying, don't make excuses uh, for sin, for failure. Or, sit, or our situation, but we should respond to God with humility. And so Jesus does step into his life with power and grace, and the writer is indicating that Jesus will do the same thing for us today. And so there's a couple of engagement questions here. And they ask us, when have you prayed for a need for so long that you started to lose heart? But don't lose heart in prayer. You know, we talk about in our on our prayer list that there are some needs that are on there that haven't changed in years and may not change as far as you and I know, but God is working in those requests somehow to glorify himself and bring grace into the lives of the people that are affected uh, in those prayers. And, you know, I'm not smart enough to know everything that God is doing but I don't lose heart in praying for those needs, do you? Sometimes we may just say, oh, what's the use? But there is a use. It's called the glory of God. There's a reason for our continued prayers. And then if Jesus asked you if you wanted to get well, what would he be referring to in your life? Think about that one. That's a good question. What would Jesus be referring to if he showed up in your life today, as he really is already, and says, do you want to get well? So, do we want to get well? What do we want well to mean in our life? And then he asks us next, or they ask us next on page 28, what do we place our hope in? The assertion is that we all have hopeful remedies that will hopefully make us better, that we trust in to make us better. What what would we want our hope? What do we put our hope in? I hope it isn't a legend of an angel stirring the water. I hope it isn't just medicine. You know, what is it that we place our hope in? What are the answers to these questions in your life? And then when we talk about restoration regarding the struggles of our lives, they ask us, how can Jesus practically help? What can he do practically to help us to restore what is broken in our lives? And those are some really great questions that we can ask this week in our Bible study podcast. And so the next verses are verses 8 through 11 that I'll read again from the New American Standard Bible. Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. Immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. Now it was the Sabbath on that day. So the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, and it is not permissible for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, He who made me well 
was the one who said to me, pick up your pallet and walk. Wow. Now, after 38 years of suffering, you know, the man's life is instantly changed by the words of Jesus, the healer, get up, pick up your mat and walk. All the problems, all the pain was gone because the Lord had healed him. And, you know, he talks about in the lesson about Jehovah, Jehovah Rapha, the Hebrew name, the Lord is my healer, and some of the backdrop for that, which is nice. But at Bethesda, the man's request was to receive help getting down into the water. He wanted to, that angel to heal him. He wanted to be that, have that drama of all that. But instead, he didn't get it. Jesus simply met his need. That's it. Jesus met his need by a miracle. And when we come to faith in Christ, we are amazed at how deep his love is for us. We are blown away by the depths of his sustaining grace in our lives. We cannot imagine the short-sightedness of our expectations. Like the man at the pool of Bethesda, we fail to recognize that Jesus can meet our needs. So, there's what he wrote. And so this man had been waiting 38 years to be healed, but guess what? He was healed on the wrong day. He should have waited till Tuesday. At least that's how the Jewish leaders saw it. So it was not against the law given by God. What was the rule against? The rule was developed by the Jewish leaders. They had a set of guidelines as to exactly what could and could not be done on the Sabbath. And the writer says, even to this day, devout Jews in Israel practice these types of regulations. He writes, I was once with a group in Israel. We were staying in a hotel. We were staying in a hotel in Jerusalem. And on Saturday, the Sabbath, the hotel elevator was programmed to automatically stop on each floor of our hotel. All 22 floors. To their way of thinking, I would be working on the Sabbath if I pressed a button for my floor. Think about that. If this is how the rules are observed today, imagine how strict they were observed in the first century. That is amazing to think about, isn't it? I can remember this came up way back when Joe Lieberman was uh, campaigning to be vice president with Al Gore back in the 2000 election. And you remember how Senator Lieberman had to, he talked about, it was pretty funny listening to him have to explain how he did the, the things on the Sabbath because he was a pretty observant Jewish guy and he really had to, it was kind of humorous the things he had to do sometimes. Even to him, he would kind of giggle at how he had to plan the campaign uh, activities around the Sabbath restrictions where he had to get to a place before a certain hour uh, because he couldn't travel. But anyway, so you've, you've heard about those rules before. And so there's the Sabbath rules, but Jesus knew that this was the Sabbath day. So let's think about this. Page 30, he knew exactly what he was doing. This pattern of breaking the rules would become the theme of Jesus' interaction 
with the Jewish leaders for the next four chapters of John. The problem the authorities had with what had happened was not how this man was healed or who healed him. They were upset because he was carrying his bed. They considered this to be work. And so the writer, just as I did when I was preaching this recently, noticed the lack of compassion. The Jewish leaders showed no concern for this man's suffering, but they were extremely bothered by his work, quote, unquote. We can be thankful that Jesus is filled with compassion. He never overlooks our condition. Jesus saw the real need of this man, and he sees ours as well. So remember our main point. Jesus restored what was broken in my life. That is what happens when we encounter Jesus in our lives. He wants to restore what is broken in our life. And um, there's a big, big skip, big gap in the scriptures, and they jump all the way down uh, to verse 19. And Jesus is speaking here with his Jewish leaders. Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man, I'm sorry, the Son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. And the Father will show him greater works than these so that you will marvel. For the Son for just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so the Son gives life to anyone to whom he wishes. Hmm. So, just uh, verse 21. And just as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son also gives life to whom he wishes. Okay. The writer points out that they have three sons, and he talks about the example. You're never sure whether they're watching your example or not, uh, but, you know, it's definitely true. He says within the relationship of the triune God, you know, Christians believe in the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We've believed in this for a very, very, very long time because we believe the idea arises naturally from the Scriptures, including the Gospel of John. And so after healing the man, Jesus was confronted by the leaders and he makes a powerful claim about himself. And his claim is that he is the Messiah because he's the son and he's doing what the father is doing. So the father and the son are not paying attention particularly to the preferences of the Jewish leaders. And that's just the reality the Jewish leaders are going to have to deal with. And so... Jesus aligns himself with the work of the Father. And the writer writes on page 32, Today we can see where God is at work because, as believers, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 2. And we can be watching for the Father to be at work around us. And then Jesus did this work. He actively did it. He didn't just sit and watch. Jesus participated because his life and mission lined up perfectly with his father. Well, that's not because, but anyway, 
<clears throat> and then he writes this on page 32, which I like. In this study, in the study, Experiencing God, Henry Blackaby noted that for us to know and experience God intimately, we must be looking for what God is doing around us and then join him in that work. When we see God at work, we can get to work as well. That's good, isn't it? One of the key basic points made in experiencing God. And remember our main point today is that Jesus restored what was broken in our life, in our encounter with him. So the very purpose of the word becoming flesh is to seek and to save the lost. It was not an accident that God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save it. And so he concludes the study this way. Nothing pleases God more than to see a person confess their sin, repent, and place his faith and trust in his son Jesus for salvation. Just as Jesus brought physical healing to the man by the sheep gate through the power of his words, he has brought us spiritual healing through his death, burial, and resurrection. So, I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you that, believe it or not, is the the, the lesson there. And so, just remember that, that uh, Jesus had the power to heal and work that miracle and that this was resisted because it was done on the Sabbath. This was resisted by those Jewish leaders who didn't understand the work that God was already doing. And so, you know, the beneficiary of God's work was the man who was healed and us who get to read about that all these years later and the people that missed out were those who were concerned more with their own rules and their own preferences and their own expectations, which they thought were going to protect God's word from sin. And we know that Jesus came to take away the sin. And so that's how he restores our lives. So I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. Lord willing, I'll see you in church real soon. Maybe this coming Sunday. Thank you for listening. Rolling Roads Baptist Church is located at 2800 Van Story Street in Greensboro, North Carolina, near Four Seasons Town Center and Smith High School. You're invited to join with us this Sunday morning at 11 a.m. as we are Growing Towards Christ. Find us on Facebook and at rollingroads.org.